We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, the decisions I think were made, you know, with Arturis and Mark and his representation and talking to Lonzo. Um, but I just feel bad for him, you know. It's clearly... I think people saw the 40 games that he played. He was a huge addition for our team, and he made a really, really positive uh, contribution in a lot of different ways, both offensively and defensively. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That's the voice of Billy Donovan, and we are delighted to welcome in Rob Schaefer. He's working with Bulls.com now and does a wonderful job. Friend of the program joins us on... The Score Hotline, which, of course, is brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Rob, good morning. How are you? I'm pretty well, guys. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, I guess we should deal with the worst news that uh, that we heard this morning, and that is that there was a Woj bomb dropped that uh, Lonzo Ball needs another surgery and Lonzo Ball uh, is going to need six months of uh, recuperation and recovery, and that puts him uh, into next season. So I, I don't know. You know, it, it's uh, we need to put a moratorium on uh, on Lonzo Ball talk because it's just a drag. It's like, damn, is there ever going to be some good news? Yeah, it's just a sad situation all around, right? Obviously for the for the Bulls because of how much of an impact he had in those 35 games that he had or that he played last season, the first season after he signed with the team, but it's really just gutting for Lonzo himself. You know, I, I just know he's worked obviously harder than anybody else to get back. He desperately wants to be back out on the court. He's kind of had an interesting NBA career before he got to Chicago, obviously gets traded on his rookie contract from the Lakers to the Pelicans, uh, remakes his jump shot in New Orleans becomes, you know, grows into a, a, a pretty efficient 3-and-D guard that's incredibly valuable in today's NBA. And then with the Bulls, he was kind of blossoming into his, you know, basketball identity at age 24. That's been ripped away, obviously. Uh, you know, we're going on 14 months since he's been out. Now you tack on another six. You tack on a third surgery. And that just reinforces to me that, one, you you can't assume that he's going to play basketball for the Bulls again at this point. You just can't assume it. And if you're the Bulls, you probably have to plan as if he's not. And then if he does, it's gravy. But what the, a third operation really reinforces for me is even if he does get back on the floor, I just, I'm losing confidence that it's going to be the same Lonzo ball that we knew and loved at the beginning of the 2021-22 season. And that is just you know, tremendously, tremendously sad uh, for all parties involved. We'll see how this third go around goes, but you know, if it's any indication, it still doesn't seem like they're at the bottom of what this issue is. And until they are, it's just hard to forecast that it's going to be resolved in a satisfying way. Agree with you, Rob. Well put. I think when you look at these final 16 games, you wonder what else is at stake. If they have 
maybe internally concluded that they can't count on Lonzo Ball. What else are they considering in the way of major changes to a roster that clearly has you know, not fit together well this season? You see uh, some of the examples on a game-to-game basis, certainly not last night, but what do you view as being at stake in these final 16 games? Yeah, it's hard to say only because, for me, the big picture of the season has kind of been decided. I don't see what could happen in the final 16 games or possibly a play-in tournament you know, scenario, even if they make it through that in the first round of the playoff scenario. I just don't see a world where they satisfy their own internal expectations for the season, which were to improve on last season. Obviously, last year you finished 10 games over 500, the sixth seed, get a game off Milwaukee in the first round. I don't think they're going to finish above 500 at this point. At this point, the odds are against them not only to make the play-in, but to make it out of the play-in. Uh, and then certainly, you know, it'd be a massive long shot to get multiple games in the first round, uh, you know, if not get out of a first-round series. So to me, the big picture is is decided to a degree. And I would hope that internally there is, you know, a, uh, you know the, the wheels are in motion of a plan to massively shake things up in the offseason, what those personnel moves are you know, are beyond me, and, and there's probably going to be a lot of moving parts, so we'll just have to see. But to me, the final 16 games, I suppose it's to, you know, chase that last gasp of potentially getting back into postseason play, getting that development opportunity for your young guys, and trying to, you know, build on last season in any way that you can at the last second. But, you know, at this point, beyond, like I said, getting the young guys some run, and seeing what you potentially have with some guys deeper down the depth chart so you know what who you want to keep around going forward and who potentially needs to be uh, shaken up. I just don't see the big picture of this season changing in this uh, short span of time. Rob, it, there is a disabled player exception that teams can employ if somebody goes down uh, early in the season type of thing. Is there any way – of, of tapping into that sort of thing with the Alonzo Ball deal, or would that prevent him from ever coming back? Do they not want to go that route? I mean, he's going to be paid the money he's owed, but I'm just wondering, is there any salary cap relief that they can get if indeed this guy is not going to be able to fulfill his contract with the team? Yeah, that's a good question, Molly. I, I can't say I know, and I think I – would, I would suspect some of that would come down to what's in the lettering of – Lonzo's contract. Right. I know there's there's probably some relief they can get if the injury is deemed career ending. And I think you know at this you know I don't nobody said that that has that indication hasn't been given other than the way events have transpired, which would lead any person observing to say, well, this seems kind of up in the air. But you know, I, certainly I don't think anything would happen this season or in the near near term related to that. Um, but it's something to watch moving forward because obviously, you know, this dude signed one of the biggest contracts in this franchise's history, certainly free agency, uh, you know, four years in that $20 million a year range, there's still two years and $40 million left on it. And when you look at what this team has to do, they still are lacking flexibility in terms of being able to trade future draft picks in terms of being right up against that luxury tax line. So, you know, having just $20 million of, and I apologize, this, you know, you know, this might not uh, sound great, but just $20 million in, in dead money for the last season and a half, right. it really encumbers you. 
So it'll be something to watch moving forward. But I, I would guess that if you ask anybody with the Bulls around it, they would still say that the main focus is just getting Lonzo back out there um, because of how valuable he can be and obviously for, for the human side of it as well. A lot of questions surrounding this roster, certainly, Rob, and what's going to happen in the future. Where are you with Patrick Williams, and how do you think the the Bulls feel about him moving forward? I'm, I've been pretty pleased with with Patrick Williams' season, uh, just my opinion. I know it hasn't been a development track that's on the trajectory speed-wise that a lot of fans want it to be. He's not an all-star. He's not a 20-point-a-game scorer at 21 years old. He might not be either of those things next year or the year after either. But I think his defense has taken a massive step up this season. Obviously, he's been going back and forth from the bench in the starting lineup, more on the bench ever since Beverly came in. But games like last night against the Nuggets, I think are good examples of him kind of figuring out how to use his physicality on drives, getting himself, inserting himself into plays more, being more active on the glass and in passing lanes. I think what he's crystallized for me this year is that the floor of him is very, very high as a 6'8", 6'9", switchable, defensively versatile, uh, you know, big wing uh, that's frankly built in the mold that a lot of NBA teams are looking for uh, in this day and age. And then not to mention, you know, when he shows the physicality that he could have on drives, his athleticism, you see that these physical tools can be leveraged into some pretty interesting stuff when he has the intention to do it. He's also... Again, it's probably not the level people want, but he has increased his three-point volume this year, and the percentage hasn't dropped off. He's still a 40% three-point shooter. So, you know, again, he's not an all-star. You know, the number four pick thing, people probably have to just throw that out in terms of expectations for him. I think the Patrick Williams experience, watching his development progress is a lot more enjoyable once you do that. But to me, he's a building block. He's had a pretty good season. He's taken steps forward. Uh, and I, I feel pretty good about where he's at relative to where he was at the start of the season where he was coming off playing 17 games in his second year and you just didn't really know what you were going to get. I, I've seen enough steps forward that I feel pretty good about him moving forward. Hey, listen, I mean, the reality is the guy missed effectively a season with the wrist injury. He's 21 years old. You don't have a lot of guys with a lot of, you know, that kind of upside. So I think you've got to be patient with them and, and, you know, the other, the other thing that's happened of late, Rob, in my opinion, is you, you look at Zach Levine, and, man, he started the season. It was rough. He was coming off injury. Now the last month, guy's playing out of his mind. He's a, he's a different player. He's back to the player he once was, and he's a, a pretty good building block moving forward. I agree with that. I, I, you know, I think it was warranted to look at the way that the – knee surgery, the aftermath of the knee surgery played out early in the season with, with a healthy dose of skepticism just because the injury management plan for Zach kind of came out of nowhere. He didn't look himself at all in the first two-ish months of the season, especially just his explosion around the basket just wasn't finishing at the elite rate that we're used to seeing from him. But now you, you look at games last night where he was 9-9 nine and nine at the rim. Right. It's not only the dunks, it's finishing through contact, it's elevating over guys uh, for contested finishes. Obviously, the three-point shot has been falling lately. His numbers, I know the wins haven't followed yet other than last night, but his numbers since basically the start of December, so it's been a few months of the sample size, more than half the season, have been on par with his two all-star seasons, if not exceeding those numbers in a few different areas. So, you know, you're looking for positives of this bull season if it continues to trend the way, you know, it has. 
that's a big positive, that it doesn't look like that knee issue, as maybe people feared earlier in the season, is as much of a long-term thing as, as we thought. He, he's recovered from it in my eyes. Uh, and he's playing highly efficient basketball, particularly scoring-wise, the type of basketball we expect uh, from Zach Levine just based on the last two years. Thanks a ton, Rob. It's great catching up with you. Great work. Really appreciate it. Good stuff, Rob. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks. Take that care. That is Rob Schaefer. He's wonderful. Good to have him Bulls.com. back. I'm glad he's resurfaced at Bulls.com. He is a young guy that does a terrific job, and you can hear he understands his team as well as anybody who covers it. Yeah, great stuff from him. And we've got uh, the ginger-haired genius next, our friend, our colleague, our inspiration. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.